much The Neutrozone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I'm your host, Kareen, joined as ever by Kim. Hello. Ari. Hello. And we are here with episode 60. Wow. <sighs> We've endured so much. <laughs> so much. So much. We are here to talk about season three, episode five. Is there no truth in beauty, or as no. I like to call it, no, no, no. uggos? Really? Is, Is there, there in, in truth, truth no beauty? Are you sure? Yes. Yes, absolutely sure. Gun. Are yes. you sure? I swear to God that I wrote it down when I was watching it. Well, is there, is there in truth no beauty? Yeah. There are so many different ways to pronounce this. So many places you could put commas. Yep. Is there in truth no beauty? Is there in truth no beauty? Oh. Is there in truth no beauty? That so many different emphasize. Is there in truth, fine, no beauty. <laughs> or as you like to call it, no uggos. No uggos. <laughs> Or a go in a box. Maybe. Uh, hard to say? We actually have no idea. Well, okay. I have a question. Yep. Did the Medusans call themselves Medusans, or is that what other people call them? I'm assuming that's the Jerk Earth translation of I their name. I assume so, yes. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> uh, is, is there, in truth... No beauty? Is that yes. it? Yes. There you go. Good job. I The answer to that is no? Is there truth? No? I'm having a really Is there hard... no beauty in truth? Is there, to say fine, it's fine. Is there no beauty in truth? I, I think it's not deliberately no up in the air. Is truth beautiful? Is oh, there, it's asking is yeah. the truth beautiful? Is there yeah. in truth no beauty? Yes. Or is it asking... Is the truth necessarily Is there truthfully ugly? no beauty? Yeah. It could be either way. I think it was deliberately vague. All right. So this episode was written by one of Star Trek's very few lady writers who is not DC Fontana. Uh, Her name was Jean-Lisette Aroest. It was a spec script. It was was an unsolicited spec script. Yeah. She was one of three scripts that she sold. Another one was All Our Yesterdays. Um, She was an acquisitions librarian at the Harvard University Library. Hey! Very nice. Yeah. She was also head of references and collection development at Princeton. Dang. So she had a varied uh, CV. <laughs> and I think that kind of shows through in the reference. Is is the title of this from a Milton quotation? I think so, but I can't find it. And this is also very Shakespearean with Miranda well, yeah, and Yeah, so, so and, much The Tempest in this. Yeah, it, it's essentially The Tempest in space, yeah. which is fine with me. Like, I have no problems with that at mm. all. Mm. And very interesting questions about the last uh the last humanity's last prejudice that things that are beautiful must be good and things that are ugly must Must be be bad bad. i really liked that i loved this episode i oh god i i i I didn't hate this episode i don't hate this episode absolutely i'm not sure how much i liked it but it was very like it was good (laughs) (laughs) she said with derision i've watched it twice now because i watched it last during the week last week and then I just turned it on again today while I was cooking just to try and listen to everything that was going on again and it's very interesting. Kim were you hoping you would like it less the second time around? I was hoping I would understand it more the second time around. (laughs) I I I really enjoyed this episode. Mm -hmm. I thought it was actually a great bit of television. Mm -hmm. It was saying something. Um, I like that all the 
I think this is a really great little bit of television. It's telling a cohesive story with a good narrative, with a couple of themes going on. And mm-hmm. it is the return of Diana Mulder, which I thought was welcomed. Yep. Yes. And she kills Oh, she's it. amazing. She's yes. amazing in this. She yeah. does so good. It's so funny because they had a policy. And this has to be a really unofficial hidden policy of never repeating guest stars, which is obviously bullshit because they do it every yeah. Every season. Yeah. yeah. And so they're kind of like, oh, the, the original actress that they had cast backed out, and so they asked her to come back in kind of at the last minute. And they're like, well, like, she's already been in an episode. Well, let's just slap a black wig on her. And reportedly halfway through filming this one, they're like, okay, well, we'll just slap a red wig on her next. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is fair. Because um, she's great. Yeah. And I love the dignity that she gives to this character. Oh, my God, So yes. great. And... I like the gravitas that she has and Mm -hmm. her struggle, even though I feel like it is in some ways framed as a bit womanly. She's jealous. She's insanely Mm -hmm. jealous of someone else's connection with another thing. I also like how unemotional she is on other fronts. She has this man throwing himself at her feet going, I love you, I love you, I love you. She's like, and I'm not going to love you. So. Yeah. I thought it was, I liked, I really liked that in, the way that she, you're talking about, the way she was framed is all of the men on the ship frame her in terms of her physical appearance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how the physical appearance of the Medusans must be to her when, in, like, the actual fact, that is the absolute last thing that she would ever possibly care about. Mm-hmm. And... I just liked it. I know. Yeah. If I had to pinpoint something that I didn't like about the episode is how they rapturously go on about how beautiful, how beautiful yeah. her physical form is. I get what they're trying to do is like they're trying to nail down their theme that just because she's outwardly beauty, that doesn't actually mean anything. It's all about your inner beauty and like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. fine, but it still feels really uncomfortable when it's a table full of men going on about how much they love her and how like beautiful she is and how awful it must be for a beautiful person to see Ugliness. Ugly people. Yeah. Yes. How awful it must be to be a ten in a world of threes. Oh, I don't know, Kareen. How is it? <laughs> <laughs> Depends what day it is. Sometimes it's just so, so hard. <laughs> that that bit. Yeah. But I, I get again. Part of their theme. Part of the theme. Part of their theme. And it's, it's also part of the misogyny that's inherent in Star Trek at this time, I think. Yeah. In that the women are often marginalized this way in terms of their relationship to the men and the physical appearance that they have. And the funny thing is, I don't actually think they see it. Like, I'm, I think No, they, they think they're giving her a compliment. Yeah, yeah. They think this is, like, pedestalization. <laughs> and it's really, like... You know, setting setting apart, well, this grants you, like, some sort of specialness. Yeah, that means yeah, that yeah. the infantilization doesn't matter somehow. Well, it's because of all of a woman's yeah. power yeah. and agency is tied up into her physical appearance. So mm-hmm. the more beautiful you are, the more esteemed you are in society, the more things are mm-hmm. open to you. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're just an uggo, you might as well just give up and be a secretary. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of symbolism in that she's yep. continually given flowers. Yeah. She's delicate like the flower, but she too has thorns, which are that she is not a perfect person, Mm -hmm. which I do like. She's allowed to have those facets. And (laughs) I mean, that really kind of is the whole theme of this. Women are allowed to have flaws. (laughs) And they do, even if they're really pretty. Mm. So uh, (laughs) nominally, we are on a mission to, we're collecting the Medusan ambassador, Kalos. Yeah. And taking him to a ship. Taking 
They're dropping him off. They rendezvous with a ship at the end. I it wasn't really they're, clear. Yeah, they're taking him somewhere so he can go home. They're and like, again, they're, they were doing like they're doing experimentations because the Medusans are like amazing natural navigators, and they're trying to see if they can tech that up sure. so that other people can use it. Another like illusion here is is the Greek elements of Medusa, who was by all accounts she was one of the Gorgons, but she was beautiful. Well, at she one was point. she was cursed, cursed because she was because beautiful. she was really really what, beautiful. Is it, isn't it Medusa the one? If you look upon her, you turn to stone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in this... Oh, she is made of stone in many ways. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Um, so it's uh, it's Dr. Miranda Jones and the Medusan ambassador, Kalos, who travels in a box. <laughs> that was where I first lost it. <laughs> because they beam her on. They have to put on very stupid sunglasses. First Only of all, Spock. humans cannot look upon this thing without going insane. It's supposed to be hideously ugly, which is ridiculous on a number of levels. Well, the funny thing is that only humans frame it that way, that we're, we're Spock states, and so does Miranda, that um, look, to look upon a Medusan is to go insane. But the only people who interpret that to mean, well, oh, well, they're just so ugly, you go crazy, are the humans, apart from her. They're also formless. So yeah. what yeah. the hell are you looking upon? Yeah. What does, I'm sorry, where did you get ugly from? I think it's the flashing green lights just cause seizures in humans. That's, that's, that's kind of what I'm like, too. and we have a living epilepsy trigger here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, they say that they have sublime thoughts. Yeah. But formless and hideous. <laughs> It it's blinky me, lights. Yeah. It reminded me, there's an Arthur C. Clarke novel that it reminded me of this where an alien spaceship shows up and just hangs out above Earth for a while. And it takes a hundred years for the, and the aliens don't reveal themselves what they look like, but they communicate with the humans just through voice. And they're like, oh no, you guys aren't ready to look upon us yet. And everyone assumes it's because, oh, they must be so beautiful. And then what you find out is that they actually all look like the devil. And <laughs> yeah. they don't want to show themselves to the humans because yeah. they will just be a giant prejudice. Yeah, because the last they and that's, that's where the human conception of the devil came from because they revealed themselves thousands of years ago. No, you know, they and were it went vi- really badly. No, no, no. It's it, the human concept that one was actually interesting because the human conception of the devil came through circular species memory because yeah. they revealed themselves and that's the last thing that humans see as their planet is dying is yeah. like fire and these aliens trying to rescue them and it goes yeah. back don't ask it's yeah. crazy i love it but then it goes back and it's born back into memory through time mm-hmm. yeah what it was super crazy <laughs> great it was book. really interesting though it's a great book fine. it's one of my favorite books i do like when star trek takes a really interesting approach to their aliens that yeah. they're not just people covered in a different color of paint or wearing really short skirts this might be the most alien special. alien we've had so far other than the pipe cleaner other than the pipe cleaner yeah, like let's not give short shrift to those guys <laughs> well i mean though we are constantly getting like supreme beings beings that are like yeah. non-corporeal and have evolved past their yeah. bodies but they're always cosmic jerks yeah and they're usually faking a human form so it doesn't really yeah count. and i think we've kind of been down that road yeah. these guys are formless which again is interesting mm-hmm. but that to look upon their weird form like there are consequences for humans so that mm-hmm. they've never kind of encountered them before i would or love to know like how that them. first contact happened poorly yeah i'm gonna guess poorly yeah Actually, that's a really good point. Why didn't why didn't they just all wear blindfolds? This is an excellent question. Mm-hmm. Because it's just looking on them, not being in their presence that turns you insane. So why not just, like, Indiana Jones-style shut your eyes? It's true. Yeah. Maybe some light will get in. 
There are cracks. That's how the light gets in. Okay, poetic, Kim, but <laughs> no. Um, so they're, they're going to beam the, the lady in the box up. And all the humans have to leave, but Spock's okay. He just has to wear the stupidest looking sunglasses <laughs> ever created. <laughs> we skipped over the first person to beam up, though. It's some random dude. Who... It's Larry! It's Larry! Larry. <laughs> you like Larry? Larry, who helped design the Enterprise. I am aghast that someone who helped design the Enterprise is named... Larry. Larry. Hey, Larry. How's the Enterprise? Oh, good. Was there a reason that he helped design the Enterprise, or was that was just so Scotty would take him to engineering? He was one of the engineers. I think it was because that Scotty would be like, hey, you want to come over to the Enterprise and take over? Fuck you, Scotty. (laughs) You want to take over the command for a while? But at least there was a reason stated why Scotty was being so welcoming. Why Scotty trainer. trusted him. Yeah. Fine. But one look at this guy in his crazy eyes, and he is like, ooh, like a gush of sweat we'll, is we'll coming get to off that this because, guy. His hair yeah. is soaked. Scotty takes a look at this guy in this situation. It's like, oh yeah, by all means, like throw your body at those delicate instruments. Yeah, totally fine. So, uh, Larry is the first one who beams aboard. <laughs> Larry in a like, fantastic Star Trek jumpsuit. Yeah. Uh, actually, just... that was very next gen of him. It, it was. was yeah. Very, very next gen. He's got, like, a purple... There's some color blocking happening. Yeah. There's a lot of color block. And it's very funny. I don't usually look at people's butts when they walk. <laughs> but I found myself really drawn to his, because the jumpsuit was just so weird, and it's kind of like weird bum bits that bobble out. Anyways... Definitely take a moment to go through that and take a look at his butt as he's walking. There's just something very wrong about it. Wrong, but you can't look away. Yeah. So okay. Larry... it's the same reason that I don't like onesies. <laughs> like I can't. I find myself really looking at the butt, going, "But how and where?" Okay. So Larry I've beams up. Things about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> things I'm not sure I needed to know. So Larry beams up and they shake hands and everything. And then Larry's like, "Oh, you guys can't be here." And they're like, "Yeah, we know. We know. We have a special visor." My best, my favorite part about this is Kirk is like, "Are you sure the visor's gonna work?" And Spock is like, "No, probably not. <laughs> Should we chance this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Fine. Could we not just shut our eyes? Yeah, because Spock, uh, Kirk is concerned that." Okay, Vulcans can apparently look upon Medusans and it's totally chill. But anyway. So Kirk is like, what if you go half crazy because you're half human? And Spock's like, no one on Star Trek goes yeah. half crazy. No. They go full or they go home. Yeah. And Spock's like, flat stare, I got this. No, he says, I shall endeavor to keep it under control. By which he means the human half. It's great. That gross human half. So and then, they, he puts on yeah. and we get essentially like... The hilarious drunk answer. goggle vision. Yeah, there's yes. a lot of weird like helmet cam. There's a lot of okay. weird camera angles. Can we stop for just a moment, even though we're only thirty seconds in? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And talk about the cinematography and the music of this Ooh, episode. This was like next level. <laughs> yeah, like, this was what cinematic. The hell? This was like French nouveau yeah. film. There were like there were some like these flashes and these yep. weird angles and these first person things. All the first person shots and there's like yeah. there's, was crazy. There's like a scene I don't even remember. It comes like halfway through the episode or something when they're looking for Larry <laughs> and Kirk is like power walking through yeah. the hallway yeah. with like a team behind yeah. him. I love the information. And you get the long tracking shot of them yeah. just walking and, down the hallway. And when Dr. Jones is running away, there's this long shot of him running the entire yes. curve of the hallways. And I was like, damn. Was like, it was amazing. What the hell happened? This was amazing. 
amazing. This yeah. was like, this stepped it up. Also, there's the shot of, they're talking, 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 and they're talking, um, and Carlos, the, the box is there, and they do a box shot, where it's like, I really get how the box is feeling in this <laughs> Yeah, movie. I know. They kept giving the box, like, box one, reaction, reaction shots. shots. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but I actually know what the box is yeah. feeling. That was incredible. Yeah. And the music. The music was really good. There was yeah. horns everywhere. Yeah. Like, so all of this was shot so yeah. interestingly. Yeah. Every shot, even I thought, like, parts of the dinner party were so interesting. Set, interestingly set up. Because she's sitting, and there are two women standing, and all the men sit. And then eventually all the men stand, and she's sitting. And there's this great shot through them of her looking up at them and just being furious. Yeah. And, yeah, everything about them was so kinetic and was framed with intent. Yeah. Like, every shot was really thought about what they were trying to say, which is crazy for Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. And this was a new director... I don't think we'd seen an episode from him before, and in fact, I think we should take a pause to give him credit where credit yeah. is due. Agreed. Yeah, because this was this was incredibly incredible. So well shot. Yeah, I was uh, Ralph Sineski. This okay. is his first episode. I'm gonna take a look. So he directed of Star Trek. This side of paradise, metamorphosis, bread and circuses, obsession, return to tomorrow. Is there in truth no beauty? <laughs> <laughs> and the Tholian web. Oh wow. Like, really he did good. quite a bit. Yeah. But I don't know. I, occasionally we mention the director in Star Trek, but usually it's pretty functional. Yeah. It gets the job done. But this one, I thought it was verging on art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I guess they were just feeling whimsical that week. <laughs> or artsy. Yeah. Really, really artsy. Yeah. So they bring Dr. Miranda Jones up. Mm-hmm. And, and then and her box and then a box, her special friend, a the box. really shiny box, but it's a crazy box. Yeah, because I I spent a really long time because I was so confused. I'm like, oh, if they look at the box, they go insane. I think it was just being careful, strangely, because Kirk actually goes on the all ship and he's like, everyone clear the fucking hallways. I'm not kidding. Yes, yeah, yeah he gets everyone to clear out so that the box because. Okay, it's not the box that they look upon. No. It's the it's the day it's in it's the, the machina. Yeah, it's the contents of the box. So yeah. why don't they just like tape the box shut and then they'd be able to wheelie it anywhere they wanted to go? Because they're just being careful. Yeah, yeah, but if it fell over and if it was taped, you'd be fine. Like just duct tape it. I don't think it opens on its own. I think Carlos opens it. From so the perhaps the ambassador does not want to be locked inside a small box. Maybe I think he's that's claustrophobic. Since, it, since it's like a courtesy that he's doing it at all. Being locked in a tiny box. It's just a safety precaution. I do not accept that. So she beams up and she does the Vulcan salute because we find out that she studied on Vulcan. Yeah. So here's another point. Yeah. Spock immediately takes off his visor. Yes. Like, so they, she, no big thing. Yeah. Well, so does she. And I mean, I she guess has she would no. Or yeah, she she's wearing a visor. She immediately takes hers off. So Spock takes hers off. They dress each other. Then they put the visors back on to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just in case. And never shall they ever mention that again. Um, apparently, Spock was asked yeah. to be the one to have the mind linked with the ambassador, but passed it. Like, passed on it because he likes his friends. He had better. Well, well he's a scientist, not a diplomat. Yeah. No, plus that would be like the worst job. It would, it would be a terrible mm. job. Like, basically oh. being like a translator for a box. For a box. Yeah. We yeah. Get, at this point get box cam view. We yeah. Do. Although, if you were hanging out with a box all day, think of all the cool stuff you could stick to the box. 
You could put stickers on it. You could put dress it in costumes. Oh, imagine the novelty put, Christmas cards. You could put some little googly eyes on the box. <laughs> you could vandalize the, the, <laughs> the special <laughs> ambassador box. Oh, so that you had somewhere to look. It is awkward because you're, I think I would spend the entire time giving it the side eye. Like, like is he looking at me? How do, I know? how do I dress the box? I would take a this side up sticker and just put it on upside down. Oh, that'd be cold. <laughs> now you can tell Kim is a slither. Does it get jostled around? Like, does he have a right side up? Or well, he doesn't have a body, I'm so guessing, probably not. I'm guessing the right side up is where the box opens. That is reasonable. Usually, he's, he's harmless. <laughs> I... You could also use it as a trombola in a village fate <laughs> by putting the little things inside of it and then spinning it around. Will you go crazy? Who knows? <laughs> we also have this weird moment where it takes me, it took me a second because I was like, is she a Vulcan? No, she's human, but apparently she's a telepath. She's a very strong telepath. Yeah. Do they actually ever, like, I mean, like, we're supposed yeah. to just assume she's human, but do they ever actually say that she's human? No, you know what? They don't. She didn't. Grow, she's never been to Earth. She's never. She wasn't born that's on Earth. She's never anything. been to Earth, and she was raised on Vulcan. I, she, I think she she's studied on Vulcan. Human, yeah, she's human, but, but she's not. She wasn't born on Earth. Earth it, it was interesting that they like. I mean, I guess they felt they didn't have to specify because she didn't have like funny ears or something. So we're just supposed to assume. I mean, I assume for like monetary reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, she could have been a Betazoid. I mean, in further down the line, she could have been a Betazoid. Hmm. I guess. I got the feeling that she was unusual. Yeah. yeah. That, that she was natural. born with it, and the people on her planet kind of panicked and went, uh, Vulcan. Go to Vulcan. Yeah. Go to Vulcan. Yeah. You can deal with her over there. It's really interesting, because it's kind of aberrant for, like, the rest of the series. Like, all the other instances of human telepathy, telepathy have been, like... They're aliens. They're aliens, or they're, like turn into gods by the galactic barrier. Which I know that in previous episodes, like Charlie X and yeah. uh, Mercury Eyes, yeah. they have a test for psychic yeah. whateverness, mm-hmm. so she might just have scored really high on it, but yeah. she's she's a straight-up telepath yeah. that she can read minds yeah. and other people's And it's thoughts. treated as something natural for her, but really unusual. Yeah. My other question that I would like to dive in right now is why give the box of room? Well, Couldn't I you just throw it in the closet? I don't think he wants to stay in the box all the time. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, but he has to because if anyone accidentally walked in, like... That's why the door's locked. Yes, I think so. so. But <laughs> we don't actually see him out of the box. He stays in the box no, the entire no. time. If we see him out of the box, we will We'd go be insane. Crazy. I think about it, Green. <laughs> so, uh... She's a little bit, she's a little bit shirty with Spock, uh, because she's like, oh, I hear you were offered the job, but turned it down. Aren't you jealous of me? Yeah. She also, uh, cause he congratulates her on her appointment. She's like, well, technically it's not final yet because I haven't been able to quote mind link unquote with the ambassador yet. Yeah. Whatever that means. Is the ambassador trying though? Well, it seems like he manages later. Well, he like zips right into Spock, but like- why doesn't he try with her? We have no conversation between the two of them. No. It's bizarre. Yeah, that was the other thing that kind of, um, that I was always curious about is she's very, I mean, that's the point is she's very jealous of the connection that she will eventually share with the ambassador. Yeah. And not wanting to let Spock get near to encroach on her position, etc. Mm-hmm. But we're not, I never felt like I knew why? why? Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah. I If I were to extrapolate, I would think that she was angry at Spock because for him it would be 
easier and she feels like she has something to prove that it yeah. should be easy for her too mm-hmm. yeah because she's a very very powerful telepath in fact spock acknowledges she's probably more powerful telepath than him yeah, yeah. exactly but she's been unable to do this one thing yeah um, and she wants to prove that just because you asked Spock and he said, no, I'm not the second choice. Yeah. yeah. I'm not in any way lesser than he is. I'm just as good. Yeah. So we swing back the camera to the box. And out of the box comes a grand mal seizure trigger. Okay, so I was curious about a lot of things in this episode, so I actually went and read the Memory Alpha article. Yeah, it's about how the director didn't know that this was going to happen, and and it was a total surprise. Post-production was just like, let's add some green flashlights. But here's the thing. If they hadn't, the box would have opened up and... And Nothing. I feel like there needed to be something. Oh, I I absolutely agree. And I also also think, like, I mean, aside from the fact that it probably gave people seizures and has been giving people seizures for 60 years, it was really effective in, like, trying to communicate that, like... It's it's a being. Yeah. And and it's formless. Yes. And, like... And beyond our understanding. Yeah. And so you open the box and here's a formless thing that is happening in this room and it's all-encompassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. You should note that the box opens because we've gotten to the ambassador's quarters and Spock's like, yeah, I'd like to exchange greetings with the ambassador and she's like, would you now? Here's my question. Can it not communicate through the box? Apparently not. Apparently not. Maybe that's why the box has to open. I think the box is probably shielded. No. It can communicate because it communicates to her later through the box. When she has established a telepathic link. Yeah. We don't know when she's established that link, though. Does it is before, because when the box is about to get murdered, let me just bring that back <laughs> and give it full attention. When the box is about to get murdered, the <laughs> box sends an alert. <laughs> alert to Dr. Jones. Okay, they're telepathy. It opens the box. The box is open at that time. Yeah. No, true. it's before. Well, it's when the guy is standing in their quarters. No, I contend well, that the also, box And also, I think that it, she got the connection from douchebag Larry. Because she... Because she dinner, sensed his murderous intent. At dinner, when she's sitting there and she pulls out the most dramatic line in the history of television, someone is thinking of murder. She would be <laughs> the worst dinner time conversationalist. <laughs> or so the we're, best. So we're having this really nice dinner... It got a little, like, awkwardly fawning for a while, and you kind of just want to leave and go to your quarters and have a quiet moment. Yeah. So you dramatically push back from the table, look into the distance, and go, someone's going to murder someone. And, and then, then all just... conversation stops. <laughs> and then they just, anyway, we'll yeah. get to that. But she got so... that from Larry himself. Yeah. So, I mean... The... But was Larry thinking about murder yes. at that point? Yes, yes. She says later, oh, it was you, I got it from. But that's weird thing like oh because all the guys were like oh you're so hot and she says that she can't keep people out completely all the time she's always being bombarded with their creepy gross thoughts so aka like like larry larry's entire existence especially if she's been especially if like from what larry says they've known each other for a long time so he may be able to have more well they've been working together pushback on her thoughts I guess. Because he's the one who's supposed to be... apparently spent like a year proposing to her or something. Yeah, because he's the one who's sort of been working with her and the ambassador because they're trying to make technology out of their natural navigational skills. Well, we do see that it does work. And apparently he's also spent the rest of his time stalking her. Well, don't have to stalk her if she's right next to you. Yeah. Anyway, she is professionally frustrated. Yeah. Um, Professionally, and I'm sure in many other ways, very frustrated. But on to the awkward dinner scene. Yeah. Can we... 
Before we go any further, I'm yes, so Kim. sorry, Ari. We need to talk about her outfits. Oh, yes. We also need to talk about her hair. Oh, my God. Would you take the us wig? away? Oh, the wig. The wiggity wig. Yeah. Her outfits are divine. Mm-hmm. I love them. She looks so good. So all of her outfits, they're just all different colored dresses. They are like high neck gather thing. Some of them have sleeves, some of them have sleeves. But she's wearing a jeweled overlay all over all of them with this beautiful diamond pattern of gems all over it. And it's very sparkly. And at first I thought it was just a fashion choice. <laughs> but then, as I thought her distance staring off into nowhere's veil was an acting choice. Yeah. She's blind, and it's her sensor web to help her tell her where shit is. Yeah. And I was like, that is amazing. It was amazing. It was, because it was a genuine surprise. I'm I like, why did she keep she looking? I did notice that she kept looking off into the distance kind of blankly. But I thought I was it was like, just like, oh, she's cold. Yeah. She's yeah. not interested and in what's going on. it also makes her outburst after Spock leaves yes. a lot more, make a lot yeah. more sense. Yes. Like, what does he see when he looks at you? I yes. demand to know. Yeah. Yes. That... And surely the blob could have described itself. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm pretty much... Have you ever seen Christmas lights? No, hey, she's no. blind! Oh. Question. Yes. Is the actress blind? No. No. Okay, the character was. Yes. The character was, yes. Yeah. So, we have a really, frankly, pretty creepy dinner. Um, mostly gently creepy, except for Larry. Regular level Star Trek man creepy. Yeah, Kirk is schmoozing. I can't believe the male population of the Federation let you go. Well, fuck oh you. God. They're not my boss. Oh my um, God. It's great because in front of him is the ugliest floral arrangement I have ever oh, yeah. seen it was in my bad. life. It was hideous. It's in this grotesque vase and they're gross, wilting roses. And not just roses, Kim. Were there carnations? It was a combination of pink and red roses. Ew, no. Who does that? I don't know. Who does that? What individual does that? I don't know. Somebody who doesn't like flowers, people, or color. Or Speaking of which, let's talk about Scotty's outfit. <gasps> the dress uniforms on the men! Those were, were those new? No. Uh, I think this is the second time that Scotty wears his dress tartan kind of... Yeah, well, as a half cape. The, all the all the gents are wearing like dress tops, which, which are, like, I love. Full mm-hmm. like jackets that are done up all the way to the top, and like their mm. zippers are covered in like, yes. zippy, like hard gold yeah, whatever. Rack. And yeah, and they're all wearing like medals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Scotty is wearing a kilt and his tartan over his shoulder mm-hmm. and tall socks. I think it's also a different tartan than the last time he was wearing tartan. Well, you want to mix things up. You really don't, actually. <laughs> But it's fine. That's fair. This is a very, very strange dinner because... Well, she basically sits there being like, I'm completely uninterested in any of this. Except when she points out that Spock is wearing an idiot, apparently she thinks as like a call out to her of some kind. Oh my god, I love this idiot. This is the best thing ever. Gene Roddenberry decided he needed some more merch to sell. Yep. So he came up with the idiot. Gave it to Leonard Nimoy and it's like, here's your sales pitch to read while you're filming the episode. And Leonard Nimoy said, no. <laughs> so its importance was slightly dimmed down in the episode. Yes. It weren't, though. I mean, ultimately. Well, I kept looking at it going, and how is it an insult to her? Because she's a crazy bitch and that's what we're supposed <gasps> to take away from it. She's not a crazy bitch, but the writing wants us to think she is. I mm-hmm. feel like it was supposed to be 
It means infinite diversity and infinite combinations. And if she grew up on Vulcan and knew anything about Vulcans, she would understand that it's a celebration of all the different types of people and types of species and things in the world that it takes to make up something. She only spent four years on Vulcan, though. I don't know whether she was, she was taking that as an insult that he knew about her blindness. I think it was more that, uh, look, I'm a Vulcan. I'm clearly a better telepath than you, and you're not as good as you're ever going to want to be. Okay. Is how she's interpreting it. Fine. She's wrong. Weird to bring up in front of everyone, Very though. weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, as a choice, mm-hmm. it seems odd. Very odd. Um, at which point, things to get bogged into a very strange place. When Kirk's, Kirk and or Bones, I couldn't pay attention to any of this, um, was saying, isn't it suicidal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> isn't it suicidal for one as beautiful as you to work and deal with such ugly things? Yeah. What? And uh, Bones is the one who asks that. Because she's like, isn't it terrible for someone who believes in the importance of life as you to spend all your time around death and disease? And he's like, okay, schooled. Because yes. she doesn't say a single other thing for And the everyone of the kind dinner. of looks suitably chastened. But yeah. it is a weird moment it, to that. start a conversation with, isn't it suicidal? Yeah. It's, a, it's kind of odd. It's, it's like, it's the central theme of the episode, really, that this yeah. dinner... Because the conversation is basically beauty does not equal good, ugly does not equal bad. Spock's like, it's your last great prejudice as a species. Yes. Is that you think that what is beautiful must necessarily be good. I saw a great post on Tumblr that was about some ancient Greek prostitute. Was it Phryne? Phryne from Phryne Fisher. Yes. 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 Who was taken to court for like being against the gods or whatever. And because of the Greek prejudice against beauty... She played that in her favor, stripped off all of her clothes in front of the judge and the jury, and went, look at this. This is beautiful. How could I be wrong if the gods have made me this beautiful? And the men are like, she's got a point, and they didn't kill her. <laughs> Valid legal argument. Yes. Dismissed. And uh, yeah. and, and that still stands. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, people who are... Like, by traditional standards, more beautiful, have more opportunities in life, are yep. given more... It's like the episode of 30 Rock, where John Hamm is a doctor who gets everything that he wants, and it's only revealed that he is very, very stupid and doesn't know anything, but people just assume that he's good at everything because he's so handsome. Yeah. And it, it is true. And I think she's furious at that, because I guess she doesn't see beauty. And she knows... I think she has a lot of self-confidence issues because she feels these bad, evil, wrong thoughts. She's angry. She's jealous. Mm-hmm. She doesn't think that life has been very fair to her. And she doesn't know how to reconcile them with everyone keeps telling her that she is so good and so saintly and so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a good interpretation. I, I think she feels like she's rotting from the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kirk, because he's an asshole... At the risk of sounding prejudiced, toasts to beauty. (sighs) Uh, Bones, however, and this is looking back and makes a lot more sense because he looks her straight in the face and says, to whatever you want most, Miranda. Yeah, Bones actually displays a strange, strange thing that I would like to call (laughs) empathy. Yeah. Which we have not seen him him wearing before. No. Yeah. He also behaved like a doctor and yeah. didn't reveal private medical information yes. to everybody the first second he had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I was 
shocked. I yeah. was because he was so. He's like, oh no, I want to respect her privacy. I was like, and when? Since <laughs> when? Yeah. Is it just because she's pretty? Apparently, yes. If you're again, if you're hot, you get better medical care. That is actually true. It is painfully true. If you're good looking and slim, you get med- better medical no. treatment than if you're uh, not. Yeah. So uh, they toast, and then suddenly uh, Miranda decides to bring the tone down by saying that she senses murderous intent. Again, as a way to break up a dinner party, it's a valid strategy. It's true. Some here, <laughs> someone is thinking of murder here. To be fair, at any of our dinner parties, someone probably is thinking of murder. At usually, any point. hypothetical yeah. murder. Yeah. Uh, he could have been thinking hypothetical murder. Um, and so she's like, and I'm going to leave then. <laughs> yeah, she is. And I really like that every, like every single man in that room was like, no, no, let me walk you back to your quarters. And she's just like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Stay away from me. It's kind of cute because all the men are clearly smitten with her and she just could care less. Yep. Um, except for Scotty, who's apparently only interested in Larry. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he takes Larry off with him again, doesn't he? Or he tries to get Larry to go with him. Yeah, for scotch. Our after-dinner scotch. He after wants... we finished our rum course. Kareem, he's taking him back to his quarters to get him drunk and seduce him. He's done it before. But yeah. unfortunately for Scotty, uh, Larry's not interested in any of that because he's got an important stocking appointment to get to. No. It's very... At the, at the end of this, uh, Bones and Kirk have a little conversation where Kirk keeps referring to her as the girl, which is infuriating. Yeah. Um, and Bones says, oh, she's very vulnerable. And finally this starts to click all into place because Bones knows what he's talking about. In retrospect, this makes sense. Yeah. And Bones is worried about her. Yeah. Just kind of, I guess, nice of him. Yeah. It could happen. So, uh, poor Miranda just trying to, like, sit down in her quarters and Larry's at the door. In her purple quarters. Let's Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. let that go. And all I really wrote here to begin with was Larry comes to visit creepy stalker vibe uh I this yeah. scene can be encapsulated by Dr. Jones has no time for loving no at which or point I rolled on the floor well, she's I mean, just not that into you she's really not that into Larry which no. like I really can't blame her Larry's a bit of a tool yeah but he did have a very hypnotic bum not in an attractive <laughs> way but like you just couldn't stop staring at it like, if you say so I, I do. I do, I do, I do. Also, the thing you get from this scene is that Larry can't take a hint. No. He goes over all the Never ways, times, hint. and places yes. that he has proposed Straight to her. Because she says no, like, four times, and then he sexually assaults her. Well, he keeps saying, I've I've proposed in all sorts of ways. Like She's really? like, it's not like a secret code. No is still no, no matter how you ask. And then, you know, he kisses her, and she's like, uh... I said no six times. It's great because I think he really expects the kiss to be like, oh, this will fix everything. She'll finally see. Well, in romantic no. movies, it's like, oh, well, you just don't understand how much you love me. And then they kiss and she's like, oh. Yeah, that's because movies are written one, by men. He's like <laughs> moving his jaw around mightily and she has her eyes open and is just stone still. Yeah. He goes away and he's like, uh, oh, yes. She finally realized, oh, it was you with the murder thoughts. And then we get a shot to the box, which is angry. Yep. <laughs> How do we know? <laughs> Directing. Yes. Yep. Camera angles. They really capture the emotional pathos of that box. They really do. Because the box is worried and Larry goes to kill that box. But we, yep. get, we get the murderous walk in Larry vision. Yeah. That was yes. fascinating. Larry walks backwards into the room. <laughs> He's trying not to look. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a strategy, I guess that is one. Oh, fuck you, Larry. This is amazing. The box then defends itself. <laughs> yeah. By opening. The sure. box says, not on my watch. Opens itself up. And then Larry, like, spins into madness figuratively and yep. literally. And literally. He's got a phaser. He was planning to phaser he the He was going to yeah. shoot the box. What was the plan here? Like... <laughs> Question: Would that work? I don't sure the ambassadors would it just dissolve around the ambassador. I think or so. Like, how can you phaser a formless being? I, I, <laughs> Larry's not smart. No, no we know someone that designed the Enterprise. He has a lot of problems. He was only one of the people who designed the Enterprise. The best thing is that Larry pirouettes around that office yep. for what felt like hours, yeah. clutching his head and moaning, and then spitting and. Sp- once more. Mm-hmm. It was very pleasing. Yeah. This was good. Yeah. It was. But then Kirk and his homies show up in formation and it's great. They're in a beautiful triangle of colors. Oh, yeah, I was wondering that. about this. Does she call security the second Larry leaves? Is that what we're meant to interpret? Well, because after Larry takes off, he goes into a turbo lift. punching through the ship. Yeah, he yes. goes into a turbo lift. Miranda goes into the ambassador's room and gets the phaser, I guess? Picks, yeah, it's because she picks it up. And then she must call, because the next thing we see is Kirk power-forming, shaming mm, his way down the hall to the security team. We that before we see her in the ambassador's quarters. She could have, or could've. they could have been alerted that someone went into the ambassador's room. That's also possible. Room. That feels like something that should have a security <laughs> And Larry. Oh, Larry. Larry goes to engineering, decides to take Scotty up on his offer to test drive the ship, and we go on a little starship joyride. Here's the thing. Larry comes in drenched in sweat with some heavy, crazy eyes. Scotty takes a step back, makes a gesturing welcome, (laughs) and says, hey, it's all yours. (laughs) All yours. Yeah, just do it. By the time that Scotty figures out something's wrong... Because there's an announcement. (laughs) There's literally an announcement over the intercom. Yes. Larry is crazy. Somebody please find him. Bones waits for a beat... And then goes over to help and is flung backwards because that's what he has always done to. Yep. Poor Scotty. Poor Scotty. Always. Always. And then there are some insane strangulation shots because Larry gets his arms around Scotty's neck and mm-hmm. is strangling him back and forth. And this is intense. Yeah. And really long. And very sweaty. Yeah. And he does manage to take down the entire engineering crew. Yeah. Because he needs to get back to his joyride, which is apparently going to break space. Okay. Yeah. That. <laughs> so, Larry, in engineering, mm-hmm. is able to go to warp whatever. 1.5 And then they break the space-time... Con- no, wait. They go through the They go barrier. to the space-time continuum. They break through the galactic barrier and they end up... They go... Somewhere. To... They are in that is a nonsense a space-time continuum. Well, of course they are. Everybody is all the oh, time. Oh, where are we? Oh, in the space-time continuum. All they say is that they're beyond the bounds of their galaxy. They are in a space-time continuum. Okay, so... Whatever, it doesn't matter. This Because okay, that means nothing. Whatever, I can buy, because we know it's hard to break out of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know you have to... No, go... apparently it is very easy. Well, I can buy that, like, Larry went crazy, he drove too fast. He... Yeah. <laughs> he turned himself into a slug, he was forced <laughs> to meet with the other slugs. Yeah. They had children. Yeah. But it got awkward. <laughs> but it was later on, when we had to reverse course and come back... Yeah. ...that made... 
It seemed like this wasn't that big of a deal. No. Well, because apparently we... only formless aliens can do it. We know for a fact that they can trace the signature of ships going in different directions. So why didn't they just, like, go back and follow their own footprints in the snow? Because he broke space. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. How could one the crazy galaxy? guy break space? I don't know. It's, it doesn't make. Fuck you, Larry. <laughs> yeah. So they, he broke after that, space. Larry can't live with himself anymore. Yeah, really so not. he dies. <laughs> he just dies. Well, okay. The memory yeah. alpha of, about the Medusans actually says that organ failure is what follows the crazy. So yeah, no, that's nonsense. I don't. That is going up insane nonsense. from looking at an energy cloud make a lot of sense either. Yes, because no. he has an epilepsy thing, and he comes down and he looks at Moran. He's like, "Oh, you're here. I didn't lose you, and all I wrote here was, bitch, you never had her." <laughs> at which he goes, "Liar!" Liar! And then he screams a lot. Liar! And dies. And there's a moment here where we get a close-up on Miranda's face, and I am like, oh, I really don't want her to be evil. Because he keeps saying, oh, you're... Don't love her. If you love her, she'll kill you. He dies of toxic masculinity, basically. (laughs) That's fair. This then devolves into my very, 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 very very favorite part of the episode, (laughs) where they're like, fuck, where are we? Kirk, (laughs) Kirk narrates... We don't know where we are. Yep. We have no way figuring out where we are. Mm-hmm. We're just so lost. We're in a void. Into dialogue. Spock, where are we? <laughs> Spock, I don't know. That's not good enough. Hey, how's this? Hey, Spock, where are we? Yeah. I'm sorry, sir. I cannot tell you that. Yeah, but where are we? <laughs> and it goes on and on and on and on. Uh, Bones comes in to give the autopsy report that basically, yeah, Larry died of toxic he di- He died himself to death. Yep. Um, and Kirk's like, okay, but how about Kalos? The Medusans are supposed to be, like, magical navigators. Wasn't that the whole point of this mission? Oh, God. And everyone's like, uh, that sounds incredibly dangerous, but of course Spock volunteers. Well, yes. And they're like, couldn't we ask the girl to do it? And they're like, no. No, she's super jealous. She won't like it, so we should just, like, not tell her. This was yeah. fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yes, this box like terrible. You can't just confine her to quarters to stop her from stopping us because she's too powerful a telepath. You're going to have to distract her with makeouts. <laughs> the line is, she is a jealous beast mm-hmm. and will not let anyone talk to Kolos. Why don't we ask him? Uh, except that she does let other people talk to Kolos. She has let, been totally, not totally fine, but she has, Spock has said hello to the ambassador previously because he asked, and she's like, I don't like it, but okay. She doesn't want to let anybody else mind with him. It's bonkers, because they are exact. They say essentially that. We have to engage her so that she doesn't think of her job. How will we do that? Flowers. Spock yeah. take, or Kirk takes her on a date. Yeah. Because he's enough to distract any woman from the yeah, rest of her apparently. life. His big play is like, I know. I'm going to take her to see some really sexy carnations. Oh, and also give her the, oh, you'll change your mind when you're older speech. You know what you really need, lip girl? Fucking ugly roses. (laughs) (laughs) That are red and pink together. (laughs) What the hell? You choose one, and the one is red. Or pink with a little bit of white. You don't do pink and red. It's goddamn law. <laughs> uh, Kirk's like, you mustn't blame yourself uh, for what? Like, for what? I. She's like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you must feel so many things. No, no. no. I'm Feelings. sure Larry's death must really bear on you. 
No. Well, well, someday you'll want love. No. No. Love. Feelings are really intrusive and violent for me. I don't like them at all. It's really great. So she goes over to one... I feel like this is deeply symbolic in some way. She goes over to one of the flowers, smells it, and there's no scent. And he's like, try that one over there. Is that a metaphor for something? I think the ones that... Have- oh, but she's beauty without depth! Ah! Ah! She is that flower! Ha! Ah, I got it! Good for you. She's that flower. She's beautiful on the outside, but inside... Yeah. Like she also well also she has to go over to the other one to smell it because the rose has the thorn and it's beautiful on the outside. Oh yeah. But pretty clean has, on the outside. Hidden dangers. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, Oh, it has a thorn. He says, I never met a rose who didn't <laughs> That is nonsense. Several varieties of roses don't have thorns. Or you can just clip them off. Or you can just clip them off. That's true. There are people that will do that for you. And Forests, she, of course, for example. because she is not an idiot, realizes exactly what he's doing and it's goes great. running off to the ambassador's quarters. It's like, great. no, you don't understand. This is too dangerous. Now, I would like to go back to his very stupid play Ugh, where she's so like, well, you're young and attractive, so eventually you'll want love. And what he means by love is sex. Yeah. yeah. is That is what he means. Because mm-hmm. she's like, well, I've got enough companionship with the box. Like, mm. the box is good for me. It's also, like, human emotions are really unpleasant for me, specifically because of my superpower. And you're going to yearn for someone who's not ugly Agreed. at some point. What he means is sex. Yeah. yeah. He, he means for sure means you're gonna sex. You're going to find someone who is your equivalent level of hotness <laughs> yep. to bone. Mm-hmm. You will also find a 10. And when you do find a 10, you'll understand what love really means. Yeah. Because and she's just like, no. She's going to Medusa, no. isn't she, to hang yeah. out with them forevermore. Yeah. So he's like, but they'll be formless and there'll be no penis for you to have. And she's like, and I am okay with that. And he's like, I don't think you are. Yeah. You don't understand. You're a lady. You don't understand what the penis is for. Exactly. <laughs> Without it, you go mad. Mad. I do like this, how completely and utterly unimpressed by Kirk's move she is. That's because his second move is. <laughs> this is a really romantic setting. Moonlight would suit oh, you. God. And she is like... Okay, well, you're obviously a very complicated man, by which I think she means stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will, yes, I agree. Yeah. Somehow both duplicitous and stupid at the same time. She cottons on to what he is doing, runs over, and you, and they lecture her. They're like, well, the Enterprise is at stake. You can't be involved with your womanly fingers, their thin and bony ways. I'm really good for playing the piano forte and needleworks. <laughs> I didn't entirely interpret it that way. I was interpreting it like this is a risk to the ship. This is a Starfleet thing. Your life shouldn't be the one at stake. A Starfleet officer oh, should no. be. Oh no! It was very much lady woman over here. Yeah, we need the manly things to do the manly manly. Well, because she asks why can't? Because the, the argument is like, okay, well, someone has to bond with the ambassador, mind link, whatever. And she says straight up, why can't I do it? And Spock's like, because you can't pilot a starship. And she says, oh, well, then teach me. And here's where Bones, dro- Bones drops the bomb. Yeah, he's and he's not mean about it. No, he says, you like, can do almost anything, but you can't pilot a starship because you are blind. Yeah. Which I would argue she's done pretty well so far. So I yeah. don't actually see how that would be yeah, a problem. Yeah, it, it made no sense to me that she could do all of these things. So she sat down and had dinner with them with like a fork and yeah. a knife. Yeah, in a place that she's never been in before. In a place that she's never been before. Why can't she push a couple of buttons on a thing? Because when when you finally get down to it, when Spock sits down yeah. and actually pilots it's the thing, beep, beep, beep. it's like he pushes like three buttons is like, we're going to go warp two. And done. Done. Does 
Spock know that she's blind? Uh, no, at this point, no. The only person who knows that she's blind was Bones. Because if you see when, when Bones does the, you're blind, both Spock and Kirk are like, Spock. Like, Spock actually, okay. like, reaches out, like, hovers his hand around her arm to see if she, yeah, like, he, no one knew. Okay. Bones was the only okay. one who knew. I honestly would have thought that that was more interested that he did know. But that's fine. Like, they, they, they're like, you're not a Starfleet officer. You should not be the one assuming the risk. Also, we think you're crazy. But, you know. Um, it's great. They're like, well, why don't we ask Carlos? Why don't we ask Carlos? Hey, that's an idea. She goes in. Do we hear a scream we or was that scream. someone outside? It was a scream. It was a hysterical shriek of anger. Yeah. Because she didn't get what she wanted. And then she calmly walks out and is like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had her hysterically shriek in anger because she did not get her way. That was unfortunate. At least she yeah. got to have her scream off screen before coming back out. Uh, no, I would have much preferred it was children outside and I just misinterpreted <laughs> it. She does swoop very majestically off screen and Kirk's like, well, why didn't you tell me? And Bones is like, uh, doctor reasons? <laughs> Obviously. And I assume Kirk is thinking, oh, apparently that does not apply to me. No. She's like, if, if she'd wanted you to know, she would have told you. Which is fair. Yeah, very fair. First so, time. despite all the safety precautions of having everyone move out of the room when this thing was in a box, the only real <laughs> precaution that they take on the bridge is putting up a screen. Yep, like a nice privacy shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no mm-hmm. one else wears glasses or anything. Nope. So they just, you know. Yep. Put up a screen. Yeah. Was... I'm sure it will be fine. <sighs> so, yeah, Colos goes into Spock. Spock starts smiling, which I always like. Mm-hmm. He, it's unsettling. It, all this is very dumb. Blah, 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 blah. Communication, so fun. You're so alone in your flesh shell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he saves the ship. Yeah, boop, boop, boop. It takes done. like three seconds. But it's like, fine. That was the thing, is with all the dramatics of how what it took to get them out of the galaxy, and they were like pushing warp 9.5 and, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. It's literally like, uh, we're going to go that way, go warp two. Last time they did this, Done. people died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People died when they went is through this. Is this how special his navigational skills Apparently he's so. the best. It just came off as so easy that, like, why couldn't Miranda have done it? Well, again, her weak constitution constantly thinking of babies. <laughs> or bleeding all the time. Yeah. <laughs> She's just too jealous of Spock to accomplish anything. Which brings us to the next part. So Spock forgets to put his glasses on. Yeah. What the well, fuck he... was this? Yeah. yeah. Well, Carlos, I okay. I think it's Carlos who forgot to. Put Carlos the would forget on. it because he doesn't have to worry about seeing himself yeah. in the mirror. Well, I guess what if he sees himself in the mirror? Would he go crazy? He's not human. He doesn't he have a weak crazy. human brain. Him. Fine. And he's also formless. I don't think he can be seen in the mirror. No. Does he, he have eyes? eyes? No. He just has sensory perception Senses. of all eternity. Oh, well, that's good. Sure. To have lime, apparently. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm not yeah. sure how formless aliens that's work. Uh, Spock goes crazy because, of course, he does. We do some great Spock cam as he is, like, beating up everyone. Oh, yeah, this was really interesting. Yeah, Spock sees this helmet cam thing. Yeah. Yeah, he kills, or sorry, he battles everyone one by one except for Sulu and Chekhov, who tried to double team, and it does not work. No. Does not work at all. Apparently, yeah. Medusa insanity also improves your fighting skills and Apparently. gives you great strength. Yeah. Well, Spock always has great strength because That's he's true, a Vulcan. True. But, like, Larry was able to take out half of engineering. As we have seen by previous episodes, engineering is a bunch of pussies. <laughs> yeah, that is true. 
And even in the real world, adrenaline does give you extra strength, like, you know, lifting cars off of children, etc. So assume someone with the strength of, what is Vulcan strength compared to human strength? I mean, a lot. More. But, yeah. More. Anyways, so they... They stun him. They stun him. They take him to... This is where I had a few problems. Spock is so deep into this madness that she's the only, Miranda, Dr. Jones is the only one that can bring it out. But apparently she mostly just kind of stares at him going, hmm. So Kirk takes it upon himself <laughs> to go in and give her one hell of a pep talk. Yeah. Which is essentially, so you're going to kill Spock? Slash not really help him, I think is the implication here. You want him to die... And you made, he accuses her of making Spock forget to put on his visor. And he's like, by gum, I will make you hear ugliness. So much ugliness. Yeah, he's basically, he's basically like going in and screaming at her for being a jealous bitch is what his speech boils down to. Yeah, he essentially verbally just like vomits on her all the ugliness and accusations. And after that rousing talk. Well, I'll prove you wrong. I, I guess. I guess. That's that's the implication. Well, and the other thing here is that she is not wearing her jeweled sensors, so mm. she is actually at this point in time blind. She can't see anything. Yeah, she doesn't she... know where he is in the room. Yeah. And she is only left with, I guess, her tele... She's stripped down to her very essence. Yeah. Just her, her sense and... And her emotions and her inner life. Yeah. Which apparently is ugliness because Kirk shows her her own ugliness. I think that's what they're going for. I don't know if it's successful. Yeah, and she then chooses the light. Well, she goes towards the light. What he says is that, like, it was your jealousy, that's why Carlos didn't choose you. So, so it's like getting her to question herself so that she has to prove him wrong and therefore choose the light side, I guess? I mean, it works, ultimately. Yeah, I think she gets so angry at him that she decides to cure Well, fuck Spock. you. Yeah. I guess? Yeah. I guess? Well, it's kind of unclear, right? Because you're not really sure if she's actually made a decision or not when he comes in. It's like, maybe if you just waited five minutes, it would have been fine. But I Because think... she's clearly been having the same, like, thoughts before he comes in, or it wouldn't be as effective. That, <laughs> that maybe that's why... That maybe she does have some kind of internal ugliness that she was unaware of. I think it's the self-doubt. Yeah. Is that she's constantly doubting herself and her abilities. Yeah. And so he brings up all these kind of intrusive thoughts that she's been having about her own motivation and the only reason why she's doing things. And he verbalizes them and she finally searches her own soul and says, no, that's not the reason why I'm doing those things. Mm -hmm. And once she has that confidence of, no, it's my abilities, I was chosen for this, Mm -hmm. I am enough of a person to take on this position and be best at it, that she is able to have enough strength of character to go in and save Spock and bring him out of it. Mm -hmm. And once she has done that, once she has rejected those fears about herself and fears about her own motivation, then she's able to establish the link with Kolos. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. It's kind of like her own insecurities were actually making her unable to what she yeah. was, to do what yeah. she wanted yes. to do. In the exactly. First place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we nailed that. Yeah. But the weirdest part <laughs> is, is that Spock goes in. This was very strange. She's disappearing and end scene. She's just like wandered off. 
it was very weird. Like, I thought it was gonna, like, be like, oh, well, she's dematerialized into energy or something. Yeah. She's gone from the ship. Who knows? But no, she's fine. She's right there. It's good, because next thing we are, we're in the transporter room, and she's become one with the box. Yeah. It's all good now. Yeah. And she says to Kirk, your words enabled me to see... Maybe it's just to see the realities of herself. She has, yes. a, little, she has a little smirk when she says it, so I think I she's... I feel like, uh, yes. yes. I feel like, yes. Yeah. There's a bit about the glory of creation. They talk about the Idic symbol. And roses and thorns. Yes. Yeah, all of our nice little visuals. I quite like that quote, because this is the first time, and I know it was a merchandising thing, but this was a... I love the Idic a lot, and this is one of the first times it's been in an episode and this it is the first good. time it's been in an episode. It is the first time it's actually been in an episode. Yeah, yeah, but like actually explaining it, and it's basically you know the Star Trek thesis statement. Yep, I love the Idic. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, it, it's good. The glory of creation and infinite diversity. Yeah, mm-hmm. peace and long life. Live long and prosperous. No one says goodbye to the box. Nope. No, they just ignore the box. How rude! He's sleeping. <laughs> He's formless. He doesn't sleep. How do you know? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm making such judgments about this box. <laughs> poor, poor box. Kim, your count for this episode. One death. Larry and good riddance. Oh, right. Larry had it coming. <laughs> Fair point. Ari, your count? Uh, five ladies, three people of color. Oh, there was more than that. In the hallway scenes, there's tons. There might have been two additional ladies, but I think at least one of them was a repeat. Usually when there are multiple, like... More than five. Usually it's because they have the same actors on screen. But I, I only counted five individuals. Disagree ladies. with your math. Um, life lesson to take away from this, Kim. Uh, no, there is no truth in beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Trisha has a life lesson. Life God. lesson from Trisha. Most guys don't say bye to boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Trisha. Ideally, they should be saying goodbye to your face. <laughs> <laughs> when she says she's just not that into you, she really means it. And she might be able to kill you with her telepathy, so you should probably just go. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, tens should stick to tens. <laughs> the opposite of the lesson from this episode. Oh, I've got another lesson. <laughs> oh no. Oh god. Either fuck across or up. And on that classy note... <laughs> no, 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 no! We haven't talked about performance of the episode. Okay, okay. Performance of the episode, Kareen. No, I'm sorry, I'm still trying. Never fuck down. You fuck across or up. Oh, God. You're, so you're fours hot, to fours never... or Oh, my upwards. God. Lateral or ascension. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So oh, my God. Uh, the performance of the episode. Of the episode. Kim? Uh, I'm splitting the performance with Diana Moldar, who did amazingly. She was very, fantastic. Very and the box. <laughs> that box is amazing. Well, the, okay, the contents the of the box, surely. No, the box. The actual box. The box. Okay, okay. It was very emotive. That's actually true. What? Okay, no, I'm going to give it to the. the <laughs> no. No, 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 the cinematographer. The, cin- the, box. the box cinematographer. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm um, giving it to Diana Maldar. Yeah, obviously Diana yeah. Maldar. Although the box makes a very compelling That's argument. That's true, it? actually. It is. Like, a good, good Though argument. The more I think about it, the more that box did a goddamn what, great job. With the material that it was given. Yes. yes. It really yes. lifted it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Up or adjacent, <laughs> not down. 